What's going on, everybody? This is your host, BJ Parker, and this is the Making the Turn podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Making the Turn. I am your host, BJ Parker. And this is your turf industry podcast that we hope you'll turn to for all things that are going on, especially in the Middle Tennessee area. And we're just bringing you people that are in the industry that are doing big things and are um, trying to make the world a better place, a greener place. And today I got a buddy of mine, Stephen Brewer, golf course superintendent at Five Oaks Golf and Country Club. What's going on, buddy? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. Um, you heard the podcast at all? I have. I enjoyed it. Listened to Chris Fonder and Dan this week, and I really enjoyed it. Good. Well, I appreciate you listening, and uh, appreciate you doing this. This is something that I hope takes off. I, I'm, you know, had a vision of doing something like this for a while now, and so uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's been a good process, and I hope we can talk about some things and get to get into some good good nuggets of things that are going on in the industry and things with you and what's happening. So. I'm ready to dive on in. You, yeah, yeah, man, let's do it. Well, um, so uh, I know that you're recently. How long you been here? I've been here about ten months. Ten months. So, uh, give me a little bit of background about you, kind of where you came from. I know that uh, we've spent a little bit of time together, so I know a little bit about you. But uh, for those that may not know you or may or may not have, uh, you know, had a chance to talk to you at all, give a little background about where how how you got to Five Oaks. Gotcha. We'll do. Um, you know, I started on a golf course back when I was in high school, like most guys have. You know, I started working there um, in Clarksville, Clarksville Country Club for Henry Lane. Um, oh, yeah, I know him. One of my good friends was his, that's his that's his dad, and guy saw on there at a summer job and uh, realized. Is he still in Florida, or where is he I, at? Yeah, he's still in Florida. Yeah. That's where he comes up here about three or four times a year and yeah. visits. Um, cool. But I uh, started off there, realized that I could go to school and, and get a degree and do that after I enjoyed it so much. And so I transferred from Austin P to Tennessee and uh knoxville um you know i did multiple internships while i was there i worked out at cherokee and holston did a you know internship up north for a few months and uh um out of college my uh fiance at the time was in uh university of alabama and so i decided i wrote oh yeah i know so (laughs) i decided i want to be close to her so i just emailed a bunch of uh superintendents down in birmingham just trying to get on as a job and i ended up hearing back from uh shoal creek um, and went down there out of college and just became kind of a, you know, uh, laborer, you know, yeah. not, you know, black and work myself up, but, uh, went down there for about two or three months. And when I was down there, um, I had interned for Jeff Madsen up at Fairview plantation and he called me, he had an assistant position come open. So I took that and, uh, I got the ball rolling as far as, you know, getting into the management part of things. And, um, you know, I went from there to, Temple Hills, um, and then I went back to Fairview again when they they separated and became just a 18 hole facility. Right. Um, and uh, about three years ago, I uh, applied for a job out in Arkansas, trying to get my, my feet wet as the head superintendent. And I uh, got the position at a Blyville Country Club out there. It's a um, it's a about a hundred year it's about almost a hundred year old course out there, um, Bermuda Greens. So I got some experience on Bermuda. Um, I stayed there for about two years and. Unfortunately, I just didn't have the opportunities for my wife as far as, right. you know, job opportunities. And um, I guess it was 2017, uh, I got presented with multiple job opportunities to come back to Nashville. Now, they weren't on the golf course. They were on the sales side, and um, I accepted a job with Sigma, 
organics. Um, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that. Um, but I knew, you know, that would be short lived as I just, I was just, you know, chomping the bit to get back on the golf course. Sure. And then, uh, this past, uh, I guess it was April, um, this job came open and, um, I applied for it and, and, you know, they had a couple of things go on, but I eventually ended up getting the position and starting around May 1st. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I think we were playing golf that day when you either got yeah, the job or accepted exactly. it or whatever. Yes, exactly. You know, that was, see, you know, you know, a little background there. Um, you know, my father passed away April 17th and, but I, the day before I had gotten the interview for this job for that it's April 17th, my dad passed away that morning. And then I went to the interview that morning here. And still went to the interview. Still went to the interview. Wow. And my grand, my, my grandfather made me. Yeah. And so then I came and played. That was the day of the turf meeting yep. down at uh, Nashville Golf Athletic Club. Right. And, uh, yeah, that was yeah, me, you, and Parsons, and, and Joe, I believe. Yeah, we had a big time that there. That was a good day. Well, so how's it been for you here? Uh, I, um, I want to get into a little bit of how you made the transition from sales and all that back because mm -hmm. I'm intrigued about – a lot of the different aspects of turf, but how has it been for you here? And uh, what are some of the things that you've come across challenges you might've had as you've been here in the last 10 months? You know, um, it, it has been a challenging position. Um, you know, I inherited a few things, um, that were, uh, pretty trying, but, uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. You know, I, you know, obviously, you know, money's always, you know, something that, you know, everyone can complain about, but I knew coming in what we had to, you know, what I was working with. Um, and so the, the terrain out here, is uh, pretty rough, um, especially on our front nine. And so getting around and, you know, the drainage and just, you know, the, the dynamics of the golf course sure. are already trying without any outside, uh, you know, sources there. And so, you know, it's been um, a learning experience for sure. Um, you know, we have bent grass greens, um, you know, tucked into some hillsides and, you know, lack some air movement and things of that nature. Um, you know, the course is somewhat – I say fairly new. It's only 17 years old, and so it's starting to get to that point where you're starting to see some of the some things break down here sure. and there, just your day-to-day -day stuff. But um, you, you know, my staff. You know, right now we're my staff of you know, including my assistants, a mechanic. We're right around seven people, including myself. Um, in the summertime, we're in the 11 to 13 range. Um, but it's been. Um, definitely a learning experience. I've, I, I've enjoyed it, but mm -hmm. I've, you know, just like everybody else, you know, I, I see what the place can be and I, you know, and I, I have a vision to get it to where it wants to go. Um, it's just, you know, got to step back and take it day by day. It's, uh, you know, cause the, the, the actual layout of the golf course is fantastic. It's just needs some detail work done to it to get it in the conditions necessary for this membership. Yeah. Um, I, it's the first time I've been here and, and I was, I, I mean, I, liked what I saw. I've never been even been on the golf course, so I'd be excited one day to get out and play it. But it looks to me like it's very challenging from a terrain standpoint, like you talked about with a lot of hills, a mm -hmm. um, lot of lot of probably challenges from water management, lots of different things like that. So um, I would imagine just looking at it, that's probably the, one of your biggest challenges. Yes. I mean, you know, where we're sitting <clears throat> at right here right now is the highest point in Wilson County. And so we catch, I mean, you know, I saw the view, man. I, yeah, man, yeah, it's gorgeous. I feel like I'm up there gorgeous. with Tim Parsons. Yeah, or exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, I mean, off the back of the clubhouse is gorgeous, you know, and so, yes, water has been, you know, this time of year, I mean, this past year with the amount of rain we've received, you know, the past three months, you know, just like everybody else, we've, you know, taken unprecedented amount of rain. And I mean, 
you know, this place, while it, in the summertime it drains okay, you know, we're at a point now where we've received so much rain that it's just, I mean, it has nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have Zoysia Fairways, and then they need some, you know, they're a little compacted and need some, you know, air, you know, air fine and whatnot to get take more water. But regardless, you know, we, the, the rain comes and man, it's, you know, it's fun to watch, go out and watch <laughs> how the water sure. flows to the golf course. And, you know, today we're unthawing after being cold all week. And I'm curious to see how we dry out because we haven't really had any moisture in the past seven days or so. And so hopefully we can actually get out and do some stuff. How's the, um, bent grass greens are they are they original they are the original now mm-hmm. I, they've had some issues and you know when I, when I took over there was um six greens that needed some uh work done to them you know what you know for whatever reason yep. um but for the most part they are region are the original greens and so what what grass do you know what grass uh, the original is crenshaw crenshaw everything you know, I, i've gone back in with a1a4 um and i'm pretty sure that's what they've gone back in with at different times yeah. over the last you know 15 years so is there any discussion or thoughts or anything about transition or you know changing over or is there any been there's i'm sure you would probably like oh yeah obviously and it takes some work um you know we have a lot of holes that are tucked away that would take a lot of tree clearing and doing you know to getting things opened up for the bermuda um you know in most courses that conversation has come up and that conversation has came up here as well um I'm not, yeah, as far as the seriousness of it, I wouldn't say that that's something that's going to happen in the next few years. But yeah. um, I could definitely see that happening in the future if things continue to trend the way they are. What, what, this can be a completely opinionated part of this mm-hmm. talk, but what is your opinion about in this part of the area for, from a greens perspective? What do you – I mean, a lot of transition has happened from bent to – I think it's more probably more Bermuda now than mm-hmm. say bent. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but I but it's mark, probably about fifty fifty. So what is your where do you fall on on that? You know, obviously, I mean, I love Bermuda. I mean, yeah. you know, I had it for the first time out in Arkansas at Blyville, and you know, um, it was fun to play with. Um, I think if you do your research and do all the proper steps to you know provide Bermuda, I think it's you know as far as maintaining in this area in the summertime and the stress levels. I mean, it is, far, it is a better product, you know, because you can keep, you know, unlike Bent, you know, during the prime summer summer months, you know, we're having to raise mowing heights and, sure. you know, interrupt play um, when there's a bunch of golfers out. So, I mean, it's one of those things where if you do the proper steps to prepare for Bermuda, you know, we'd have to do a lot of things out here to have Bermuda. Um, we have a lot of holes that are tucked away. Um, shade issues, shade and, issues yep. and, and things of that. And especially this time of year, I mean, I have a couple of greens right now that, you know, might see an hour of sunlight this time of year. Yeah, that'd be um, difficult. You know, I'd prefer Bermuda, um, you know, but honestly, um, this past summer dealing with these things, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I just, my, my comfort level is with the bent grass. Um, it'll be a little bit of a learning curve going back to Bermuda again, but I'm kind of up in the air about it as yeah. far as what I you know prefer, but obviously it's from a stress level. It would I would prefer. You mean Bermuda. a job stress level? <laughs> exactly, exactly. A job stress yeah. level, 100% Bermuda. Well, I, I I have my own opinions about. It. I think Bermuda is a great grass. I'm I'm interested um, in where zoysia falls in terms of greens. I I, I don't want to get into a long drawn out topic about that, but that's something that I've sort of dabbled in in mm-hmm. looking at as far as what how zoysia and where where it's placed in this area particular because yes. you know we'd use it it's a i i feel like it's the most superior grass for your tees and fairways and things I agree. and i've man i managed bent 
or I managed both, but I did Bermuda for over 11 years and I really love Bermuda, mm-hmm. but there's challenges with Bermuda and yes, there, there and all the shape, all the species of Bermuda tend to have, uh, issues one way or another. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that zoysia wouldn't have their issues, yes. but, but you know, I'm, I'm interested in the cold hardiness aspect mm-hmm. of it. Uh, covering is an issue. There's a lot of courses that may be low budget that can't afford to cover yeah. or, or I'm not, I'm not willing to go out on the limb and say that you won't need to cover zoysia. I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, I haven't spent enough 100%. time on it, but, um, I'm, I am curious mm-hmm. to say the least about whether zoysia will be a player, uh, when people are looking at, you know, if there's another conversion, there's another change or bent grass people that may be deciding to change it now has to expand mm-hmm. their mindset exactly. about what's the option, especially if it's a course there where, uh, and we'll get into some of your budget stuff, not too deep, but, um, but you know, if you have a, but if you're having a, to deal with budgets mm-hmm. and what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Zoysia thing, you know, piques my curiosity is just from the standpoint of, you know, listening to TTA to Sorokin, you know, talking about the shade tolerances of, of the Zoysia, not having to be as, you know, you know, out here, that would be perfect. Sure. It would require less, you know, uh, work for us to prepare, um, to have Zoysia. So that's something that, that, uh, you know, definitely we'll keep an eye on. I think it's still a little too new to know exactly the, you know, the, you know, exactly how it's going to do in this area. I'd love to see it expand a little bit more to kind of see, you know, what other guys are thinking. Um, about it as well but I think it's something you know it's the you know it's the future yeah I I think guys tend to not want to do things especially this is my feeling that around here I get the impression that nobody wants to be the guy that does it first guinea pig yeah and you know there's been a lot of people that have taken chances I mean somebody had to do uh, Bermuda Mm -hmm. here somebody had to you know they there's somebody's always had to do something try zoysia grass and you know, I know there may be a few people that are tinkering with it or have a zoysia gas green. We took care of some uh, – we managed a guy's – in his backyard, he had a his, uh, short game area that had a zoysia green. So we got to play around with some of that. And, I, and I've and i seen some real – I mean, some of the prettiest greens I've stood on. I was like, this is zoysia? And I'm, so I'm, I'm very curious as to how well it is. I, I got a lot of questions about it. I yes. know from a – from a conversion standpoint, it, it may take longer than Bermuda. It does. Um, you know, uh, but I don't know some of the, you know, cultural practices, mm-hmm. how they react, what what are some of the things you're doing. I I believe wholeheartedly, and I never, never kind of jumped off this ledge, was Bermuda didn't save me money from Bent. No. It was basically a wash in terms of how I was taking care of it. But what it allowed me to do was be uh, less stressful about things, adjust my labor dollars in different ways to do things to improve the golf course that I wasn't necessarily having to worry about surviving. Yes, <laughs> you know exactly, what I mean? 100%. And, you know, and you're, when your guys are all they're doing is chasing down dry spots or hot spots or trying to make sure the green just make it from one day to the next, mm-hmm. that takes a focus away from a whole lot of things exactly. on the golf course. You know, when you have two or three guys in the afternoon having to take the hose around instead of actually taking care of things that, are, you know, need to be taken care of, it can definitely, you know, it limits the golf course and what you can actually get finished. Yeah, I and you know that 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 to me is the biggest. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it, but I think that there, when you start breaking it all down, and I'm and I'm merely talking about for those that may be listening, we're in a transition zone here, and that we just get a wide range of of, 
of weather and, and yes. temperatures, and there's just no one perfect grass. But yeah, this week's I, a perfect example oh, of that. I mean, you're crazy. 25 on Wednesday. We're supposed to be 66 on Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just uh, So good luck if you yeah. want to grow grass <laughs> over here. So um, are y'all a private club? We are a private I, club. I apologize for not. Yes, that's fine. But um, so – how do you how do you go about budget? What's your budget like? What are some of the things that are challenged? Because hey, I believe, and I and I, I know that you could always have more people, mm-hmm. more equipment, more more of everything. But what is it? So talk a little bit about your budget process and how you go about that. You know, our budget. You know, just kind of give you an idea of where we're in. You know, right around a half million. We're over a little over a half million dollars. Um, you know, we manage about 190 acres in between 180 190 acres, um, and that's maintained. Um, you know, we. We sell on about 220 um, acres total, um, and so in the summertime, it's a little bit, you know, tricky getting around as far as getting our rough mode. Because I mean, about 140 acres of that is is uh, mowed, you know, t- is is rough, and so we only have about 27 acres of uh, fairways, and and then our three acres of greens. But um, you know, so it is tricky. Um, but you know, it's when you figure in 190 acres worth of turf to maintain, I mean, you know, a half million dollars doesn't sound you know that good you know but at the same time i mean when you look at things you just got to kind of you know for me when i came in i knew what my budget was and i knew what i was getting myself into understood you know my parameters um but honestly you know once you you know sit down and, and make your pro you know you have to have a list of priorities you got to sure. just slow down and and you know and, you know i start at the top i'm looking at my you know, obviously like everybody else your greens tees and fairways and work my way out yeah um you know up the middle is what i, I call it exactly right down the pipe yeah and so um i looked at what i what was necessary to maintain those the level necessary for this for the membership and then you know i looked at you know you know what kind of staff i have um when i came on last fall or last spring we only had one guy that had been here longer than a year. Um, everybody else was, you know, either new to the business, you know, never worked on a golf course before. So having to train guys, it was a good and bad thing. I got to train guys to do it the way I wanted it done, but I was having to train guys from, you know, everybody from, you know, the, the floor up. Sure. Um, you know, we didn't have a mechanic. You know, that's a, that's a limitation. Um, you know, do you I, have one now? I have one now. Good. I was able to hire one last July, thankfully. He's yeah. been a lifesaver. You know, he's probably been my most important hire. Um, to this point, you know, he wasn't a golf course guy, but, you know, mechanics, those guys can, you know, if you get the right one, they can come in and, and, you know, worth all their weight, you know, worth all their weight. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so, um, the re- you know, he struggled with the reels a little bit at first, but, you know, now he's starting to dial himself in, but, you know, as far as our budget's concerned, um, you know, obviously we all want more, um, you know, my, th- my biggest thing is, you know, when I, when I talk to my membership and things like, you know, is, is what's your expectations? You know, this is what our budget is, you know, so it's just making sure that, you know, okay, this is all, this is what we have, um, with our membership. And so we, you know, we're limited. Yeah. Um, and so as long as you understand what your expectations are, you know, figure out what your membership is concerned about, you know, and make sure you take care of what, you know, do your thing, but make sure you're, you know, uh, doing things for the membership as well. Um, you know, it's their money. And so, you know, you have to have their input from time to time, you know, here, you know, not everything, but, sure. then, you know, but you need to make sure you're taking care of their needs and wants as well. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's big is, is understanding where the dollars match expectations exactly. and, and how that all plays out because you're doing the right things. You're talking, taking the highest priorities, making those fit, but you got so many other factors involved and, and it's very easy for members, guests, you know, 
bosses or whatever to look at things from a too wide of a perspective and you're yes. trying to you're trying to say hey man we can only manage our expectations so much exactly and and you know it's your job as the superintendent to explain that but also to have a plan towards either expanding that or 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 focusing people's attention on what your expect what their what the money and the expectations can be exactly. you know and so that's a delicate balance especially when you know when you, man if you do the math it's just a math thing but if you do the math you you got 190 acres and you got half a million dollars if you break it down in terms of just dollars to acreage mm-hmm. you, yeah, you're you're bad. below a lot of things you know standards that are out there and exactly. you, and, and so that that needs to be communicated and you have to manage that because mm-hmm. i would imagine that you spend a, an enormous percentage of dollars just on the um, the uh, greens, yeah. and so you got you got all this other stuff that's got to kind of work its way down. You exactly. got payroll, you've got exactly. all these other things, and so what what is what is the percentage of say payroll that my payroll is a little over fifty percent. Um, I just didn't, I was looking at it the other day, and you know that's typically I, I do it. I, you know right around that you know after taxes and everything, right around that fifty to fifty five percent is kind of where I have my my payroll at right now. Yeah, I think that's pretty that's pretty standard. I do. I, I you want to be somewhere in that fifty to sixty yes. percent of your overall payroll. Exactly. I think that's good. And so you know one, one thing you talking about expectations. When I when I was interviewing for this position, um, my the the owner here. One of the questions he asked me was, you know, is our budget sufficient enough? And I said, well, you know, it depends on your expectations. I said, you give me a $300,000 budget, I can work with it, but you're going to have to adjust your expectations, you know. And so everything is, you know, it's flexible. It's all fluid. You know, you give me a $800,000 budget, obviously our expectations change. But, you know, as long as you under, as long as everybody understands what we're what More we're money, doing. more problems. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know. It's just making sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. I, I you know, um, it's always funny to, to see, I mean, everybody, I, I, you'll talk to people that have over a million dollar budgets or, you know, and they've always, they're always dealing with something. It, it's one thing or another. It's like, a, it's, it's really true is, is that the more, the more money you have, the more expectations you got. And you always want to be in a situation where you're providing the best possible product. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're, I, I would I would I would guarantee you that that you're doing the very best you can with maximizing the resources that you got and you want you know if you, you, it's something that was instilled in me a long time ago you can pay me all you want but if I don't have the resources and the manpower I mean then it's just not going to work out exactly. you know and so it comes down to can you get enough people to do the job to make things better for everybody and and for the members to understand that what they're paying for is they're, you're maximizing that. Exactly. And if you want to get better, then here's the steps we can take to get better. And here's the things that I'm doing. And here, here's what I'd like to communicate that I would like to see happen in a five or 10 year plan. Exactly. And so, you know, I've, I've been at different levels of, of, of private clubs. I mean, I've been at places that have, I'm not going to say unlimited budget, but a place, yeah. you know, they can spend money that I've been in my first superintendent job. We had a little over $300,000 budget. Um, you know, and so now I'm kind of sitting in the middle there. And so, you know, you got to kind of take your past experiences and kind of, you know, and use them to your advantage. And so, well, I agree. So you, you said there's, you just have a singular owner here. Uh, well, it's a group of owners. I think there's a total of seven. Okay. And How so, does that work? Does that, you, do you, I only deal with one of them. There's like, yeah. there's like the president of the group. Okay. Um, you know, they, they have other entities as well that sure. not just the club. Um, and so there's one owner that's, you know, here on a daily basis. 
Um, and so he's the, he's the man I answer to. Um, I'll be honest. I've, I've only met one other owner, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he's like, he's a day to day operations guy. He lives here on the golf course. Um, and so, but he's been, he's been easy to deal with. Um, he's been, he's definitely helped me out when I've needed him. And so they've been pretty receptive to, I mean, what, what, what's your equipment with some of the things like that? What is that situation? Like, do you, do you get a capital, how do you get to, you know, say, I need, you know, this or that or whatever. I need this piece of equipment or we're, we're short on this. How's that? You deal, what is that? You know, like? our equipment, you know, we have some, just like everybody else, we have some equipment that, you know, that's, that's fantastic. And then we have our fair share of problem childs. Um, we need some new things right now and we're in the process of going, you know, looking into those things. Um, you know, to be completely honest, our ownership is an older group of guy, uh, of, uh, people that honestly, that, um, are looking to get out of this business, if you will. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, they do what we need. You know, if, if it's not, a, if it's not something that's a necessity, you know, we're not able to purchase it. Sure. Um, you know, so right now, you know, I have probably five or six things I need to get, um, you know, just from like a, you know, utility vehicles to just, you know, to, you know, we don't, we don't own a roller. You know, I need a couple of rollers right. just, uh, for the summertime on these things. Um, you know, and just come a couple other small things, you know, our equipment isn't terrible. Um, it's one of those things where, because we didn't have a mechanic for so long that we, uh, you know, you come in, you know, you don't change the oil on something for, you know, it gets over the hours. I mean, it just starts wearing on it. You know, if you don't do the, the proper PMs to these things, I right. mean, it's like, it's like your vehicle. You don't do the proper maintenance to them. They're going to, you know, wear down quicker. Um, you know, um, so we, our equipment, some other equipment's, you know, four or five years old, and I have some stuff in there that's probably 15, 20 years old. Yeah. Um, but we make it work. Um, <laughs> you know, hi- hiring a mechanic, I mean, you know, I can't stress enough how, you know, big that was. He, uh, he you know, if, he, if I hadn't had him around this summer, because I was having to do, you know, on top of being on the golf course, I was having to go back and, you know, do the, you know, basic day-to-day maintenance on this on the equipment, you know, from grinding reels to backlapping to yeah. oil changes. And I had, a, I had a gentleman that had been here for a while that could, you know, do a little bit of that and help me out. Um, but it was definitely made my job more stressful. Um, but when I brought on Jake, my mechanic, I mean, you know, we had a lot of little things to take care of on stuff. I mean, it was the mo- all the problems we had with our equipment were just, you know, small things, things that, you know, could have taken an hour to do, you know, for a normal person, but right. for a guy like me having to go through and, you know, I'm not good at dissecting things when it comes to, I'm not a mechanic. I'm, you know, I can try to be, but at the end of the day, that's not my strong suit at all. And so, um, but now that we've got him, honestly, our equipment, you know, from, for what we have, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, we need, you know, obviously we need some new pieces to the puzzle and obviously we always want new stuff, but yeah. you know, what we have, you know, we get around pretty good. Yeah, I would say that uh, if you're if you're a good mechanic and superintendent, you're one or you're not eating, yeah. you're not good at either one. No, exactly, of them. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, you're you're not using your time wisely. But uh, so what what uh, from irrigation standpoint, what are you dealing with? You know, uh, from that standpoint, I can't complain. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the original system. We have Rainbird. Um, you know, this past summer, knock on wood, we, you know, as far as digging up holes and and repairing things, you know. I can count on one hand how many times I had to, you know, shut down, you know, valve things off and, sure. and, and dig things up. The only issue I really deal with is um, some of our, our valves don't work anymore, you know, and things like that. Um, so when we valve, if I have an issue on 
on a, on a fairway, I may have to close off, you know, four or five holes as opposed to right. just being able to isolate. And, and that's, that's old school. That's old school stuff. Yep. Um, now there are, you know, the thing is that there are valves in place to isolate. It's just, they, they aren't working properly. Sure. Um, you know, like I said, we're at that point now where we're getting on 20 years and that's when you start seeing, start seeing things break down. And, um, you know, some things work really, really well. Um, and sometimes we get into one, we're like, good grief, got to close down the entire front. Yeah. Um, but as far as like from, you know, from the ac- accessibility to it, I mean, you know, we, we can access it from our phones. Um, you know, we have the computer system, the new system to go in and control it, uh, you know, water at night and things of that nature. But I can't complain about the, the system. Now, it's it's not, uh, we, don't, we don't have complete coverage. Um, we have some spots in the rough that don't uh, get irrigated. But for the most part, I mean, you know, that was something that I was uh, thankful for this summer. You know, with every other thing we had going on right. the golf course, that was something we didn't have to deal with very often. What is um, your break? Tell me a little bit about your staff. I know you said you got how many how many assistants do you have? I have two assistants. I actually just um, hired a new guy. Started on Monday. Yeah. Um, he came from up at uh, I guess now it's called Tennessee Grasslands, the old Fairview Plantation. Um, he was. The they first. changed the name. Yeah, when they because yeah, they combined, I'm not sure. You know, yeah. they, Fox and Fairview went back together again, and, and when they did, I guess they wanted to kind of remarket it as, a, as something. Be cool that, to get Jeff on, talk to him about all yeah, that. But. Yeah, I mean, they, they you know they're still Fox and Golf, Fox and Golf course. And I think I can't remember that one's called, but uh, I hired the first assistant from the Fairview course, um, and he started this past Monday. Um, I had another guy who was here on staff, and I came on. He was kind of like the, you know, I call him like the, the foreman of the group. You know, yeah. when I got here, he wasn't he wasn't in a management role, um, but when I came in, he was the guy that kind of took over, and I, I kind of placed him in that second assistant role. Yeah. Um, and so I think with him and my new my, my new assistant, I think they'll they'll work well together. Um, as far as the rest of my staff, like right now, I said I, you know, including them, I've got three other guys on staff. Mine's my mechanic. Um, I have one gentleman that's been here 17 years. Um, he's the, he's that uh, that old old guy that goes out and you know sits on a rough. Does mower every course have? I think they every got the co- one every, guy every place. <laughs> I've been it's, to. A, it's great, but it's it's like it's something. Yeah, yeah. it's at every course. Every right? course, you know, and you got to have them. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, nowadays, you know, you, we can talk about labor all day, and you know, I'm talking about talk about this with many guys. It's you know the the new you know generation, these the millennials, if you will, are changing the game yeah um you know how you know how much you're paying people to how you have to treat guys to i mean it's just changing the labor force and you know i'm not gonna say in a bad way but yeah. it's definitely changed it to a you know way where we're having to be more flexible in how we do things yeah i've got my own opinions about that i you know i i think i talked a little bit about it with dan but i mean it's like i i don't necessarily have a negative connotation on the i just think that they came up differently and we're mm-hmm. dealing with different we're just dealing with different things. I mean, we're asking people to pay. We're we're asking them to go do difficult work in the weather. Mm-hmm. Lots of just stuff is not glorious about it. Yes, and pay them what they can go work inside and you know do things for. And with just the competitions, a lot has changed so much, and so it makes our life difficult to find people that will want to do the work that we that we do and ask them to do and it and and i can't i can't for the life of me see where that doesn't continue to get more difficult no i I agree i mean you know asking the kids to work weekends and holidays and get there you know five thirty six o'clock in the morning i mean it you know it's you know 
it's not made for these kids. Like I said, they're brought up differently. Yeah. I mean, I'm not negative towards the, these guys. I mean, it's not their fault. That's just the generation they're sure. coming up in. I mean, um, so, but it's definitely changed how we have to manage the golf course and how we go about hiring people and, you know, our pay scales and things of that nature. Yeah. It, I had my daughter work for me one summer and I think it was probably the most productive, best thing she's ever done because it, you know, I said, look, and she lived with me at the time. I said, I'm, you're not riding to work with me. You're going to get up and you're yeah. going to go and, you, and, and you're going to learn all this. And, you know, and just being that she was my daughter, I think she felt an extra added bit of pressure, but she never was late. She showed up and it turned out she enjoyed it, made, you know, good money and learned a lot of things about herself. And, you know, that, and she's a little bit older, you know, and she's on, you know, to doing bigger and better things. But I think I want to believe that she, she learned a lot in that three months that she did that about herself and about discipline and about work ethic and some things that this job will teach you. It's just a matter of, you know, getting people to that point where they understand yes. that, you know, I get it. You know, we've all done jobs that we don't, don't like or learned and, you know, moved on from and, and this is this is hard to sell people on that long term because you you want to get people to do jobs and you don't want to constantly train them and you don't want constantly having them you know go after them go behind them and and fix what they've done but at the same time I think you can provide some life skills and some things that they can learn on this job that maybe some other job wouldn't handle and and that's just hard for uh, the kids these days I don't want to call them kids but but that's what they are they I mean are, you know yeah. I, that's what it's hard for them to get over because they're such a of me, you know, it's like I want it now mentality. Exactly. You know, they've got access to more information, social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's so many things that you're dealing with. And I just think that's going to, I mean, it's a, you got to embrace it. But at the same time, for us in this business, it's very difficult. I mean, I'm on the side of things where we, we work for a small business and, you know, we're competing with trying to get laborers. I mean, you're, our, we're pushing 20 and $25 an hour for guys just yeah. to come in and help us, you yeah. know. So we're having to resort more towards um, uh, independent contractors mm-hmm. and different things just to kind of make things work. So Yeah, exactly. It's tough, but, you know, that's not just – it's not just limited to my golf courses, everybody. It's, a, you know, it's across the board. And so, so we're all doing the same thing. And no one – you know, I say no one has an advantage, but we're all kind of sitting in that same, you know, labor labor pool. You know, regardless yep. if we're paying $12 or $15, you know, you're still pulling from that same pool of guys. And, you know, it, and finding guys that want to come out and, like you said, work in all the elements. Yeah. It, it's hard. Um, it's just not the same as it used to be as far as finding guys that, you know, I, I, I do this because, you know, I love what I do, but I, I love being outside. I yep. couldn't sit behind a desk all day. You know, those are the kind of guys we're going to have to find, the guys that, you know, really, you know, are about just being outside and not worrying about, you know, being outside when it's 20 degrees or, or 100 degrees. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, I, and I, I agree. I, I think it's – that's just the difficult balance that we have to the, to the deal with is, is just finding people. I mean, it's almost – I bet if you put an ad in the paper, you probably don't get a lot of response. You know, you got to work by word of mouth. I mean – you know, I don't envy you. I mean, I, I, I certainly deal with it on our end. And mm-hmm. so I, I know it's a difficult challenge. It's probably our biggest challenge. If yeah. I had to say it is outside of, you know, just things that, you know, you deal with on a daily basis, but just yeah. finding good people and finding the right people and, and just getting somebody to come work for you is a challenge. So it is, but, um, so we talked a little bit about, uh, you took a stint away from being that, uh, superintendent and working in the sales. So I did, I, I don't, I mean, you can talk a little bit about that as far as that, but did you, I, 
I think being in a, we're all salesmen in some form or fashion. We have to sell something every day. And so what did you take away from that experience? What were some things that you gained? What were some things that you would, you know, say, Hey, I got a lot out of that and it's helped me be a better superintendent. Honestly, you know, it, it may have been one of the best things I ever made um, from, for a lot of things. I mean, you know, when Joe hired me over at Sigma, um, you know, I was really unsure about it. Um, you know, I'm not a salesman when it comes, you know, when I, like I said, we are all salesmen, but, you know, going in and pitching things all the time and, you know, that, that kind of stuff wasn't hundred percent my style, but, you know, it put me, you know, outside my comfort zone and made me do things that I normally wouldn't do. But, you know, f- as far as from a sales standpoint, I mean, it opened myself, opened my eyes to things that, you know, I didn't know existed. You know, you go around, you talk to these guys, you see, you know, you realize how, you know, some of these guys are, you know, are extremely smart and they're doing things that, you know, you haven't seen before because of their budget restraints or whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, you see there are things that, that I'm doing differently now on the golf course that I would have never done before strictly because I was able to go out and, you know, see different ways of, of doing things. I mean, um, so from that standpoint, it was fantastic on top of just the connections I made, sure. you know, some of the friendships I have now, some guys that, you know, you know, I'm in group messages with all kinds of different superintendents in the area that I may not have known otherwise, um, if I hadn't gone to the sales side, but man, it really opened your eyes, um, on the sales side, seeing how things are really done behind the scenes and, you know, um, while it may not be the same stresses as a golf course superintendent or a landscape guy or whatever your you know field is you know in the turf industry, I mean, but there's still stresses there. I mean you know we have to we have we have customers just like the you know the, the superintendent does. You know you have the golfer that's your customer. Yep. You know we have the superintendents. You know we you know the land care la- landscape guys take care of and you know when they want something they need it that day and and you're struggling to figure out where you're going to get it from and how you're going to get it to them that day. It, you know. You know, trying to keep them happy. I mean, it, it's hard, but you know, it's just like I said, different kind of stresses. You kind of, you just have to kind of fill yourself through. Sure. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, um, it took me a little while to adapt to that side. I was a little standoffish, if you will. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it kept me in the industry. Because I, you know, I really think this industry is awesome. Um, I love, I, I love it. You know, I, you know, I'm not sure if it's just Nashville, but you know, the, the guys around here are real tight knit. You know, I, you know, I enjoy working with these guys. And so that made the sales side a lot better being able to go around and, you know, and basically, you know, go, go try to sell something to your good buddy, you know, your friends, you know, and sit down with some of your good friends and, you know, talk business, but you can also sit there and have a good time all day. And so I enjoyed it. I mean, I think, you know, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't change it for anything because, you know, I think I'm better now for it. Um, and so. Um, it, it taught me a lot of things about myself. It put me in positions that I'm not used to being in that I never would have been put in yeah. otherwise. And so it's been, it, was a, it was a great experience. Well, that, that's, you touch on something that I, that I have talked about in the last couple of podcasts. But it's, man, this, I don't, I'm like you. I don't know if it's Nashville or not, but I, I wholeheartedly believe this is a tight group of guys, especially golf course superintendents. I don't know how much the industry crosses over to different areas like landscapers or some, I mean, I have some friends and that are, you know, I've gotten to do a lot more since I've been out of the golf business 100%. But I mean, that, that in itself is a, is a, is a great thing because nobody, none of us want to see each other fail. Exactly. We all want to see each other succeed and we want to see, you know, Hey, if there's something I can do to help you and and that just kind of trickles down to, we're all just kind of in it together. And I think the part of it, you know, the sales guys, although they're competing to sell things to each other, 
they're still there to try to help you and they want to help you. And that's some of the things they say to you, whether you know them or you've never met them. Mm -hmm. They're like, man, we just want to help you. We want to help you succeed. We want to help you do uh, whatever it is, whatever you can to, to give you the best product. And so I, I agree that around here, that's, that's big. I mean, yeah. I, I, I wish that it was even bigger because I, I don't think some guys play golf enough. I don't think there's enough community. I mean, big change and things happen when guys get together and talk. I mean, yes. and especially being guys don't like, you know, being just a guy, we don't we, – a lot of things, people don't – you know, somebody be dealing with something, you don't know it. Exactly. And and this job is stressful enough as it is, but um, I think I think we can even do better. And, that, and that's that's kind of the dri- the driving force behind this podcast. It's kind of the things that I'm trying to do is get people more involved with who people are and, and, and how can we all continue to continue to help encourage each other to be better, you know, employees dads fathers mm-hmm. husbands exactly. you know whatever and and um so i commend you for saying that and, and talking about it because i mean you know we got to all support each other and we all got to be there for you know guys that are maybe struggling with something or if they're dealing with something just at work or whatever and and we tend to be a very tight-knit group about that yeah i mean you know we're on the same team here sure. i mean you know we may have competing clubs but at the end of the day i mean you know, I want everybody, to, you know, to succeed. I mean, you know, we in this industry, you know, needs, you know, needs us to do well, if you, you know, if yeah. you will. And so, you know, but we also have to remember that we are normal people as well. So, you know, this because I, I take care of a golf course all day doesn't mean I don't have personal problems at home that I'm having to, you know, fight through. And it's like everybody else. You just never know what somebody's going through. No. And I, and, and that, I think that's a, a big thing for people to understand is, is that the stresses of, this job in particular, but I mean, everybody deals with stresses, but you know, it's just, you know, making sure you're checking on people, creating relationships, uh, not forgetting about somebody is, is big because there's just, you know, it's too easy to just kind of turn a blind eye to it or not say hi to somebody or talk to somebody. We don't get enough opportunities to do that. And, you know, and I'm, I'm pulling for, uh, our organization does a real good job of getting people together periodically and for the most part guys get out there but it you know i i would like to see us playing golf more doing mm-hmm. doing more things creating a, a guys groups where they get to together for lunch yes. on occasion just to talk about what's going even if it's just to talk about work yeah you know but you know some guy may be going through something at home like you said or dealing with a loss or yes. divorce or you know just anything and I'm not just talking about guys. There's girls in the industry as yeah, well, but you know, it's, but uh, so I, I, I mean, I'm I got a strong opinion about that. Yeah, I think I that, do too. I, I mean, think it's know, good. You know, Dan. You know, Dan hit on it last time. Is you know, you know, you look back at your your friends in life, and most of my friends are are in the industry. You know, I yeah. think about people that aren't in the industry. I mean, I have a couple of friends that are from college that I talk to, but most of my buddies you know, are from, you know, the green industry of some sort, you know, and, you know, and they're there all the time, you know, like, yep. you know, last year when my dad passed, you know, you know, I had a group of guys, you know, local guys come to the, you know, come by the funeral home that day, you know, have some flowers sent. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where these are my best friends now, yep. you know, um, overall. And so it, it's, you know, I, I, I love it. Well, you find out who your, your real true friends are. I mean, I, I don't know how much you know about my story, but I, I got to let go and that hit me pretty hard. I mean, it came out of nowhere, but I had a lot of people support Mm me. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what, you know, what sort of opportunities were going to come out, but there was a lot of people that, you know, were like just coming to pull for you and support you. And, you know, there's some people that 
for whatever reason they disappeared yeah you know and and you know that happens but that, you know that's you, life yeah. so uh you know it is what it is but and i don't I'm, it's not about me or anything it's it's about moving forward and looking exactly. towards and you know what the future holds and i think the i think the industry as a whole is great i think that um, there's a lot of good things coming down the pipeline and I'm excited about it and I'm excited to get out and talk to you guys about, uh, what's going on and, and, uh, see how we can make the world better. You That's know? right. So, um, talk a little bit about what you do kind of when you're not here, what you, you got, are you married? You got a bunch I, of kids running around. I, I, I am married. I've been married for a little over seven years. Yeah. Um, we have, um, I have a five-year-old son. Started kindergarten this past year, and oh, we nice. just had a new baby join us uh, this past September. So I got a four-month-old at the house right now. Um, you know, so dealing with those those two little rugrats is, yeah. is uh, you know, it's a job in itself, but I love it. Um, you know, so a lot of my time spent with them um, now. You know, I have my hobbies. You know, it works out in a golf course where you know I'm a big hunter. Yeah. I, I deer hunt, so you know, I'm, you know, my schedule is works out to where I get to in you know, October, I can start hunting in November and December, January. Um, you know, cause I kind of have a little more flexibility in my schedule. Um, obviously, I mean, I went to Tennessee, so I'm a huge, you know, football fan. So if I can get to a football game, I do that as well. I mean, outside of that, you know, honestly, I'm here all the you know, time. I'm here a lot. <laughs> it's hard to get away. You know, coach, you know, I coach my son's baseball team, yeah. you know, so that, you know, I, as they get older, that's gonna, you know, take a little more priority over a lot of things. Um, you know, like every other superintendent, sometimes you get so engulfed in your job that you, you know, you you spend way too much time here, and you know I'm hoping, you know, that my, you know, I put get my priorities in line and and, and understand that I gotta leave. Yeah. You know, and that and that's something you know that I think everybody struggles with is is no one to shut it off. Um, and so, but you know, so when I go home, I try not to talk about work, even though I know I'm going to. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. hard. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, but most of my time is spent with my kids, um, you know, right now. Um, I, you know, I, I do have a little side job I do, um, you know, th this time of year. I started a few weeks ago. Um, but um, other than that, I mean, most of my time is spent at home now. So um, what's an average day for you, like like in the in the peak season? In the peak season? Yeah. I mean, I get up, you know, I, I wake up on a normal day anywhere between 3.30 and 4.30. You know, not no alarm, just normal, just getting <laughs> just up. Just like us all. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just wake up, yeah. and so depending if I get up at three thirty, I'm going to the gym first thing in the morning, and yeah. you know, I, I usually I usually stroll into work in the summertime around five. You know, we start at six, um, sometimes at five thirty, depending upon you know tournament schedules and sure. things of that nature. But um, I'm usually here between five and five thirty at the latest um, during the during the summertime, and um, you know, obviously, I'm here if it's hot. I'm here till. This past summer, I was here sometimes till seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. Um, there was a couple times this summer I was here till midnight. You know, you know, needle tining greens or doing something. Uh, my owner, my owner called <laughs> me one day. He, uh, he, his wife told him he had the level number one fairway, and uh, I was out there mowing fairways at like three thirty in the morning one day trying to get ahead. And he came in. He called me that morning about nine and told me if I ever ran a mower before five o'clock, he was going to fire me. <laughs> and so, um, but. Typically, I'm here in the summertime between, you know, 5 and 5.30 till 5 and five or 6. And if I don't get a chance to go to the gym in the morning, I'm going after work. Yeah. Um, you know, and unfortunately, that doesn't leave a lot of time for the family at home. But, um, you know, my my wife and 
kids understand that, you know, you know, as much as a kid can understand, you know, that's the nice thing about our job is I'm able to bring my son out here sometimes. Yeah. You know, you know, the summertime, you know, if he's out of school, I can bring him out here. If I know I'm not going to be, you know, going to meetings or doing something where he can't hop on and ride. I mean, he loves it. Um, you know, we'll bring our dog out here. We'll run the golf course and he can putt on a green while I'm doing something sure. or riding the sprayer with me while I'm spraying and play on his iPad, you know, whatever, you know, but he, he loves being on the golf course. Um, and so any chance I get to bring him out here, he's out here all the time with me, especially the weekends when I come out, I'm going to be out here for two or three hours watering greens. Yeah. You know, he's on the cart with me going. And so, I mean, I mean, he's always asking to come. And so, you know, that, that, that's the neat part about this, you know, this occupation is I'm, you know, I'm able to bring my kids out here even when I'm working and, you know, and then honestly the membership loves it. Yeah. Um, you know, they love seeing, you know, your family out here and seeing my kids and seeing my dog come out in the golf course and run. And so, um, in the summertime, I, I take advantage of that for sure. What, uh, what advice would you give him? You got a, you said a girl and a boy. Yeah. But I have a the, the four month old yeah. girl, my five year old's a boy. What, what advice would you give them if they wanted to be in this business? I'd say, look at, look at, I said, <laughs> look at my life and so look at, look at me. If you want your day, if this is what you want, you know, for yeah. your family, you know, you used to, you know, it's like I tell anybody that comes work for me. I mean, that has a girlfriend or boyfriend before they get married. I say, you make sure that your girlfriend understands what yeah. you're doing, you know, what, what kind of life this is, because if this is the life you want to live, I mean, that's great. I said, I, I said, I wouldn't change it for the world. Sure. I said, but you just got to understand your limitations with it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of women and, you know, and that can't, they wouldn't be able to deal with this kind of lifestyle. And I said, as long as you're okay with that and understand that you're not always going to be at every single family event, you know, that, you know, as terrible as that sounds, that's the reality. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to say I'm going to make it to every single baseball game or sporting event or dance recital, but at the end of the day, you know, that would be a lie. Um, especially, you know, from May to September. Yeah. Um, it's just not possible. I mean, you know, in our industry, you know, you miss a day and, you know, you know, you come back the next and it's, you know, all hell's broken loose. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I hope, you know, I want my, I want my kids to do what they want to do. I hope, you know, if my, if my, my son loves being out here and he wants, you know, he wants to work, you know, he wants to be out here working. He doesn't just want to come out. You know, he's still at that age where it's all cool and fun. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if for some reason he loves doing this, I mean, you know, I love what I do. And so it's easy to come to work every day. Yeah. Um, and so well, that that's the first part of it is, is yes. you got to enjoy this because like you said, we've painted, I mean, I don't want to sound like this job is a negative. I, it's not a negative. No, it's afforded me a lot of things in life. It's yes. afforded you a lot of things in life. It's our passion. I don't know if I'll ever get away from it totally. You know, I'm, I'm transitioning into doing some different things, but I still want to highlight the golf industry. I want to highlight friends of mine, people that I've never met. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to take it to a different level and because I, I am passionate about it. I am passionate about it. I do think it's a viable career, although I just don't, I mean, you're going to top out at some point and yes. you're going to be, you're going to get to a situation. It's kind of, it's kind of like what people have asked me, do I want to necessarily get back into the golf business 100%? And I'm, I'm probably against that just because I've done it. I did it for over 20 years. I know the trials and tribulations of it, but I see, I see myself transitioning towards something greater than that. Yes. And although I love, I mean, some of my most favorite times were being out in the morning early when nobody's out there, I'm running water, 
I'm looking at something. Yes. I mean, you you can't replace that, and it, and no, it never can't. goes away. And if you've ever had that experience, and I know everybody that'll listen to this has had that experience with mm-hmm. their they've been on their golf course and they're like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. No, especially the first thing in the morning, like you said, when the sun's coming up. You know, you, you know, I love watching irrigation come on. You know, I mean, I know that's probably weird, but some guys love it. It ain't weird. I, 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 love, I love it. it. I love watching that and come on and just, you know, it's quiet. All you hear is the heads going. Yep. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm a loner. You know, I like being <laughs> by myself. So yep. this, this job kind of fits that. You know, I can work on my own. But, yeah, the mornings, you know, when it's about, you know, 60, 65 degrees outside, you turn the, turn the head on here at running, you're just driving around the cart. I mean, you know, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, I, I love that, that, you know, but it's like you said, every, every day is a challenge. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get that morning to 60, 65 and then the <laughs> afternoon it's a hundred and, you know, and putting fires out. We're always looking at <laughs> this. The, the, probably the thing that I hate the most about it was always looking ahead. There's yeah. always something exactly. coming up. There's airification coming yes. up. There's a tournament coming yes, up. There's exactly. a, there's yes. weather coming up you never get to just stay in the moment we were i was joking the other day that i was like you know it's 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 55 degrees out and sunny on sunday and i have the superintendent mentality i'm like let's get everything out of the yeah, building exactly. let's go do everything exactly. we possibly can on that day you yes, know, that's like, the way we were on this past Monday. i mean it's like you know when we were like slow down yeah, man pump it, the brakes it's tough. it's tough i mean but we have to you know you know you know just as i do that's on those days we have to yeah you know we have to take advantage of those days sure this time of year. I mean, especially this winter. I mean, it's been, you know, it has, other than this past week, it hasn't been a brutally cold winter. It's just been brutally wet. And so anytime you get, you know, you afford a day that you can go out and do what you just said, you know, take everything out and just get <laughs> knock everything out. You know, it's exciting. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, you know, but <laughs> yep. then, then when May rolls around, you're like, ah, man, I wish it was December. Yeah. You know, it's all, you know, like you said, it's always looking forward. You can't, it's, it's tough to enjoy the moment. And sometimes we got to slow down and, and enjoy it, but it's hard. Yeah. It's very hard to sit back and enjoy for what it is. Well, give me your best deer hunting story. Like, I want, I want to hear. I want something good. I got like. Let me think about it for a second, man. I uh, one of my one of my best my, my best friend is actually in the industry. Ryan Emerson. He, uh, him and I are big, huge deer hunters. Um, and uh, he, him and I met our uh, freshman year in high school, um, in Clarksville, and uh, he didn't have anywhere to deer hunt. And so, uh, we, uh, my, I talked to my dad and for the juvenile hunt that year, I said, Hey dad, would you mind if Ryan tagged along with us? You know, you know, we have multiple stands and stuff like that. So we can go, you know, different spots, but you know, I'd like for him to come out with us. And so we went hunting that weekend and we sat in spots and on Saturday and we obviously didn't have any luck. And, but, uh, Saturday night, him and I sat down and talked and we're like, you know what, let's just sit in the same stand tomorrow. So me, my dad, and, and Ryan all climbed up in my dad's favorite stand, up, you know, one of our best spots uh, to hunt. And, uh, man, we're sitting in the tree, and all of a sudden they turn behind us, and there's two bucks coming. And that uh, and they weren't very big. Um, you know, they were, you know, little, little deer, but we were still fresh to hunting. And uh, I only saw one. Uh, my dad and Ryan saw the other, but I knew I'd already killed a, I, I mean, I'd killed a deer bigger than the one I, that I saw. I said, Ryan, just shoot him. And so Ryan pulls up, shoots him. And, uh, my dad didn't realize that he was shooting at that deer. He was, he thought he was shooting at the other. He's like, oh, you missed him. I'm like, no, he's, he, he got him. He's like, oh, there's another one. And so I pull up and I turn around and I shoot a deer. And so, you know, we ended up both having deer. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, that this 
one of those things where, you know, if you haven't deer hunted, just pulling the trigger on a deer and going to find, I mean, you know, we had to bring a dog out and track and stuff, but that was, that was a, that was an awesome hunt. You know, I have tons of deer stories, sure. and, you know, <laughs> I, you know, through the years and, you know, I, you know, I enjoy being out there with my buddies. Um, you know, yeah, you're in the, you're in the tree by yourself, but when you have somebody else hunting around you, you know, I hunt out at Fort Campbell a lot now and yeah. that's where Ryan and I go most of the time. Um, and we have, we have tons of stories from out there, but you know, hunting that, that day was, you know, was awesome. Well, if I ever get him on, I'll get him to verify all that information. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> now I, 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 uh, my son likes to deer hunt. He's more of a hunter that I, I just never did it. I, I was, I went to school in West Tennessee at Martin and got into duck hunting for, I mean, it just yes. like everybody duck hunts over yes. there. Yeah. I mean, yes. when I say everybody, everybody, everybody. Yep. And so I, I, I loved it. And yeah. I, and to this day, I, I've talked to my brother about it and he, and if, if we ever get to a point where we can afford to buy some land that we can have place to duck hunt yes. and deer hunt and do all that. I mean, I, cause I, I do, I mean, I've kind of gotten to where I'm too old to do anything, but either golf or fish. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to have yep. to figure out something, but, uh, I'm, I'm duck hunting always was fun to me. It's expensive it's and expensive. And it's uh, it's uh, it's not necessarily the easiest thing, no, it's you, not. you know. So you know, about I guess it's about five years, four or five years ago, you know. Another another great thing about this industry is you know, you know, get to go on trips with with, with guys. And sure. About four years ago, me, uh, Greg Johns, got a trip together when he was with uh, ATS, and me and Greg and uh, um, Phil Prasado. Um, and his assistant at the time, which was another Phil. Did y'all go up to um, with the Tunica. Down uh, to we, went, we went duck hunting yeah. down there. Me and then Ryan Emerson. We all went down there. We had a great time. Um, you know, we also Greg Johns here before took us uh, to Missouri. Uh, me and uh, Scotty from uh, the Grove and yep. um, Ryan and and Greg. We all went up there, and I mean, you know, we had a great time. Yeah. You know, you know, going. I went on a. Greg must do this a lot, but I went on a duck hunt with him, and it was up in what maybe north of West Lafayette, Indiana, mm-hmm. way up north. Yeah. A beautiful place up there and we stayed in a cabin and went and it was fantastic time so i mean i enjoy it it's I do a too. great I, time it is i mean you know I, I love deer hunting that's my passion but duck yep. hunting you know when you get a bunch of guys together you know you can go out you know even if you're not killing anything you can sit there and you know make up some breakfast and you know shoot the shit all day i mean it's it's a good time you know the, the drive there you know that that's that's you know that's a great time. Is sure. leaving Nashville and, and going to these places with these guys is a great time. You know that's what I enjoy. Well, it's all about the fellowship and you know and getting together with guys and just doing something to create some memories and yes, you know that's that's really what it's all about. I mean, if you kill something or you you know whatever that then that's that's probably the bonus part of exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. You know, but so. Um, what what are some of the things you're looking towards in two in was it 2019? Yeah, so what do you got in 2019 that's coming up? You got any tournaments you're hosting? You got anything that's on the horizon, or is it just kind of keep it in the in between the lines? And honestly, yeah, this year, um, you know, I hate to say we, we you know I got here we're in bad shape, but we had a lot of you know issues yeah. on the golf course when I arrived, and you know one thing we're gonna do this year, um, yeah, before, before I got here they finished about. Um, eight. We we only have like seventeen bunkers total, um, and they they took a few out, but they 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 converted to the better Billy bunkers um, on nine of the seventeen okay. right before I arrived, and you know that's something that we're you know I'm hoping to finish this spring is to get in you know get the rest of our 
uh, our bunkers converted because the ones we have, the ones that did not get converted are, are in pretty rough shape. It's probably a pretty easy question to answer, but do you see a dramatic difference in those versus? Yes. Yeah. Oh, big, I mean, huge. I mean, yeah. you know, if you saw the ones that haven't been converted yet, I mean, you know, they hold water, you know, they, sure. you know, there's not a whole lot of sand left in them, but the sand we do have every time, if we get a heavy rain, which we've gotten plenty of, um, we have, they wash like crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, the liners exposed. I mean, it's, it's, they're definitely do, um, some, some work, but you know, that, you know, that's a big project. Honestly, we're still working, you know, we don't have a nursery green. That's something that I'm working on getting put in. Yeah. Um, and so the areas that were lost before I got here, we're still trying to, you know, ac- you know, uh, get those a hundred percent, um, uh, back, you know, back in playability. We have, um, you know, there's project at a project that I, you know, need to be doing. Um, uh, but like, it's, you know, it's just prioritizing what we sure. have. Um, you know, we don't have anything real big this summer, you know, most, you know, just our normal, um, outings and tournaments that we have, you know, that we do every year. Um, you know, the out of Monday outings while well, they, they, you know, they drive me crazy like everybody else, but I mean, they're good for the club. Yeah. Um, they're good, you know, marketing, if you will, to come out, you know, once we get the product that we want, you know, there'll be a great, you know, selling tool to have people come out here from, you know, from the local, the local guys seeing what we have to offer. But, um, you know, really this year is, you know, year two and it's going to be one of those things where we're just trying to get better. Yep. I mean, you know, you know, I want to get to a point where obviously we're at a point where we're maintaining and then making, you know, a proper adjustments as we sure. go along. But right now we're just trying to get things, you know, back to, you know, 100% the way they need to be um, for a private club uh, of the stature. Who, who, do you know who the architect was? I can't remember the actual architect's name. Uh, Neil Carson had a lot to do with, yeah. you know, he was a lot to do with out here. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had a lot to do with, he's had, you know, on this side of Several town. different courses. Yeah. But as I think he, he was the main shaper and yeah. doing a lot of the things out here. Um, you know, he's been a big asset, you know, when I've needed him. Yeah. You know, because he was here for, you know, almost 15 years between the construction and leaving here as a superintendent, I think, in 2013. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, I think I, I can't. There was another guy, obviously, there was another guy involved as far as the actual design, and I can't remember his name, right? I don't know either. Do you do you, so? Who do y'all who do you? I don't want to use competition as the word, that's probably the best word. Who do y'all who is back close by that y'all tend to have to gain members? Old Hickory is probably our closest, yeah. As you know, honestly, you know, that's the name I hear the most. Um, you know, we're probably we're about 25 minutes, 30 minutes from Old Hickory, yeah. Um, you know, we do have Fairview up the road, um, you know, but I wouldn't consider them a competition. Yeah. You know, Old Hickory is the one, you know, as far as, you know, there's always constant back and forth shuffling of members of if they aren't happy with you know, Old Hickory, they're coming here and vice versa. Sure. You know, we do a little um, match with them every year. Um, and so I think that has something to do with it as well. Yeah. And so, but that, that's probably our main competitor, if you will. Well, man, you got a beautiful place. It's a, uh it's great to finally get up here and see some of it. I hope to, to get to play it with you someday, and and uh, best of luck to you. We've come to the end of this deal. <laughs> it's hard to believe it goes by so fast, but uh, you're active on social media, I know, but mm-hmm. if you want to tell everybody where they can follow you or, or get a hold of you if they've got any other questions and – and um, of course, the podcast will be up, and yeah. and uh, we'll you know get you out there. Yeah, man, I'm on Twitter. It's Five Oaks Super. Yep. Um, if you want to follow me, you know I, I'm always following guys on there. I love, 
you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook as well. I love, you know, the golf course maintenance page on there. That, you know, if you're not using those pages, I mean, I think you're missing out because there's a lot of great ideas on Twitter and on that Facebook group. Um, yep. There's always something being posted. And honestly, I see a lot, I've seen a lot more guys, local guys using it, you know, it's got some, tons of great ideas on there. I think yeah. I think it's a great resource to everybody. You know, you can just see what everybody's doing. You know, Twitter I think's became bigger over the last year, especially. I think that's where more supers are spending their time, as opposed to on, on social media wise, um, as, as as Twitter. Because I mean, you know, it's instant and it's very short. You can just see what guys are doing, watch yep. little short little clips, and um, so yeah. I mean, I'm on Twitter, you know, in the mornings and the evenings, and so. Well. I- Listen up, folks. I, I believe wholeheartedly that that social media is where you need to be, especially in this industry. It's a good way to to connect, to get uh, information out. It's a good way to to sort of talk to guys that are do, dealing with things. And so, um, you know, be on it if you're not on it. I, it's a it's definitely a, a great tool. You'd be surprised at how untapped this social media is in our yes. industry. And and, I, and that's changing. There's a lot of new guys and a lot of younger guys coming up. And, you know, us older guys are trying to sort of promote that as well. I mean, I'm I'm certainly no um, – uh, I'm a fan of it, and I'm not scared to, to jump on and do anything. So, But, um, yeah, so follow follow uh, Stephen. Go out and check him out. And, um, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate Thanks for doing me. this. And, uh, Thanks for coming out. And um, we'll get together again soon. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is BJ, your host. This is Making the Turn podcast, and we had a great conversation with Stephen. hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go over to iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast, and rate, subscribe. Hope that you enjoy this show, and uh, we're going to be coming to you with more and more great conversations and interviews. And so stay tuned. We've got great things coming down the pipeline. So, hey, thanks for checking out Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and we'll see you soon.